Good morning. Oh, you got to be louder than that. Good morning. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's so awesome to be here today. Um, Mark and I have had the pleasure of leading the team that leads this church for 12 years now. It's been a fun and wild ride for sure. I'm just thankful for all that he's doing in us and through us and with us and through the local church. So I have a little cold. Our daughter Cadence came home from college with all the college germs and she so generously shared. <laughs> and she said it's my fault because I was kissing her and smothering her, as she called it. And I'm like, well, that's what I do. Like, I don't think it's my fault. I think it's her fault. So um, no big deal. We were glad to have her. She had a roommate from Japan. Um, so we got to do fun things with the two of them. And it was just delightful to be together. I hope you had a good time with your family and your friends over Thanksgiving as well. So, so today we are going to be talking about Jesus. Why? Right? Wow. Um, And you might be saying, like, don't we do that every Sunday? I hope so. If there ever comes a time we're not preaching Jesus, please find another church. And you'll see why today, the reasons we're going to really dive into scripture and see why we talk about Jesus every single Sunday. So we're going to talk about what the word says about who Jesus is, what is his position in the church, uh, what does God say about Jesus, is Jesus really the focal point? Or is that just something we decided to to focus on? And why do we emphasize him so much? So it's important as Christians that we understand who Jesus is, biblically speaking. I think we're bombarded with what the world thinks, what culture thinks, what other churches or religions think. Um, But honestly, you guys, what does the word say? That's, That's what we should be focusing on is what the word of God says about Jesus. So today we're going to be confronted with some truth. Is that all right? When we're confronted with the truth of God, it causes us to examine what we think. It causes us to examine how we feel. It causes us to examine how we're living our life and what we're doing with that truth that comes. And we all know that the Holy Spirit comes and he convicts us, right? When we hear the truth of the word of God, it should convict us of our sin. That's what the Holy Spirit's job is, is to bring conviction And I think a lot of us are like, wah, 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 like, no, thank you, don't want to deal with that. But it's actually very beautiful when the Holy Spirit comes and and the truth of God comes. We're like, oh, I'm sorry, Jesus, I broke your heart. Or I didn't realize I was doing that. Or I totally knew I was doing that. And I'm turning from my ways, right? Repentance is such a beautiful gift. So as we look through the scriptures today, I'm hoping that, that Jesus and his brilliance will break us free of things that we're thinking, of things that we've been taught that maybe are unbiblical, things that bind us, and also things that blind us to the truth. Um, <coughs> and the other thing I want you to know today is that Impact Rock is fully grounded in this truth about Jesus and who he is. Um, you will find lots of churches that believe all sorts of things, um, but for us, we truly believe that Jesus is the rock that we stand on. Um, All right, let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you for this day. I thank you that when we woke up this morning, we rose out of bed, your mercies were new once again. That yet once again, we could say you are faithful. That you are who you say you are. That you are true. And we may not understand everything about you. We may not understand the fullness of who you are. But God, I thank you that you give us another day to breathe air in and to breathe it out. 
to be examples of your glory, be examples of your beauty here on earth. And God, today my prayer is that you would transform us from the inside out as we get to know your son Jesus, as we get to know who he is, and we get challenged by your word once again, Lord, that you would revive us, you would, you would heal us, you would convict us of sin, you would transform us, Jesus, as only you can. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so today's message, I titled it Fully, F-U-L-L-Y, Jesus Fully. All right, so there's three things that we're going to cover today. The first one is the fullness of God dwells in Jesus. The second one is Jesus fills everything in every way. And the last one, the third one, is Jesus is fully with us. So let's dive into that uh, first one. The fullness of God dwells in Jesus. So we're going to read a section in Colossians 1. The Apostle Paul is addressing the saints, and he gives thanks to God for their hope, their faith, their love, and charges them to walk worthy of the Lord. Then Paul gets just totally lost in himself because he just starts bragging and raving about Jesus. And these scriptures, I have them in my Bible. They're like outlined in red. They're like highlighted in yellow, the box. And then there are parts of it that are underlined. And I just see him like encouraging the church. And then all of a sudden, he just, he just goes off about Jesus and all the goodness that he is. And so that is what we are going to read. I'd actually like us to read it together. I think it's super powerful when we read the scripture together. So let's read Colossians 1. We're going to read verses 15 through 20. Okay, here we go. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell, and by him to reconcile all things to himself by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. See, he was just raving about Jesus. Um, so I love this. So let's kind of break this down a little bit because that's a lot of information. So we don't use the word preeminent very often. Do you? This is not something that we really talk about. Um, but preeminence means first in everything. So Jesus was first in everything. First in importance, first in honor, first in exaltation. He surpasses all others. Distinguished. Jesus is the greatest, and he is superior. So Jesus, in these scriptures, it tells us that he is the very image of God, the exact revelation and representation of God. So this is tricky, and we get hung up on this, you guys, right? The Holy, the Holy Trinity and God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We've done entire series. Some of them have been like 13 weeks long trying to figure out, right? Because we'll, 
we'll teach. I remember one series we were teaching and teaching. We're like, there's just so much to know and so much to understand. Um, but the thing I want to drive home today is, is that Jesus, if you notice in these scriptures, God was pointing to Jesus. He was giving all the glory. He was saying he is the first. He is the exact image of me, the exact revelation and representation of God. By him, by Jesus, all things were created in heaven, on earth, invisible and visible. In him, all things consist. Wow. In Jesus, all things consist. In all things, he may have preeminence through him, for him, by him. Right? He is the head of the body and head of the church. And that is truly how we try to do church here at Impact Rocks. He is the head of this church. It is not Mark. It is not a couple. It is not a leadership team. It is not a theology. It is Jesus. He is the head of the church. This is his church, and he is the head. We are the limbs. We are the bodies. We are the pinkies. We are the toes. We are all the things, but he is the one we follow. He is the one that we look to. So the very fullness of God dwells in Jesus. That's what it told us in those scriptures in Colossians. So the second point today is Jesus fills everything in every way. This makes me giggle because our kids growing up, anytime they had a problem, guess what our answer was? Jesus. <laughs> to the point where they, we, they would have a problem, they're like, don't say Jesus. <laughs> but it's true, you guys. Jesus is the answer to all things, right? And that sounds super spiritual, maybe super weird, but at the end of the day, he is the head. He knows all things. He is preeminent. He is superior. And so at the end of the day, to me, According to scripture, he has all the answers. He is where the rubber meets the road. So next we're going to read an unbelievable passage of scripture in Ephesians. Ephesians is one of my favorite chapters in the, in the Bible. It is one that I've read for decades, and I still can't wrap my own mind around who Jesus is and how worthy he is. Um, I think the more we get to know Jesus, the more we realize we don't know about Jesus because he's just so amazing, right? So Paul is writing a message to the church in Ephesus, revealing the majesty of Christ. So let's take a look. If you would like to read it with me, I would love that. We're going to read Ephesians 1, 19 through 23. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead, and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. So again, we see here that God is pointing to Jesus. He is giving him all authority. He raised Jesus from the dead, he seated him at the right hand of the Father in heavenly places. And I love the part that talks about Jesus is far above all principality, all power, all might, all dominion, and every name that is named, he is above that. Every name. Jesus is the name that is above every name. Um, did you catch in those scriptures that God is the one who was pointing to Jesus? I think it's important to know that because if God of all the universe, of all creation, is saying, this is my son, later in scripture, right, in the New Testament, he says, who I am well pleased. 
is that identity piece. God is pointing to Jesus. He gave Jesus the highest rank. There's other scriptures that talk about he's higher than principalities and powers. He's higher than angels. He's higher than all the things. He has the highest rank. He alone is the leader and source of everything needed in the church. So Jesus fills everything in every way. Right? The third point, Jesus is fully with us. So now that we know a little bit more about who Jesus actually is, how God placed him above all things, this is the part that gets crazy to me, and this is why. Um, It's the multiplication of Jesus in us through the earth, right? And so we're going to dive into a couple scriptures. The first two are in Matthew. Matthew 28, 20 says, I am with you always, even till the end of the age. So these scriptures are just going to show us that he is fully with us. Matthew 18, 20 says, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. The next one is pretty popular scripture because Paul writes it in Galatians 2.20, and it says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who lives, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Possibly the most beautiful scripture that tells us that Jesus is fully with us was spoken through Isaiah 700-some years before Jesus was even born. In Isaiah 7.14, it says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and his son, his name shall be called Emmanuel. And I think most of us know that word Emmanuel means God with us. God sent his son so that his presence could be with us, Emmanuel. So here's the part that I think is crazy. Are you flawed? I'm very flawed. (laughs) I will raise my hands every day of the week for that one. Flawed, 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 right? Unrighteous, flawed, imperfect, sinful, problematic, human, right? And all of us are that way. And we are in desperate need of a, a Lord and a Savior who is not those things. Jesus is perfect in every single way. So it always blows my mind to think that God chooses us to be carriers of his glory. Does that just blow your mind? I mean, we're broken, we're fragile, we're imperfect, we're flaky. I mean, right, we could go on and on and on about all the things, and God's like, I chose you. I chose you, and he doesn't just choose us on our best day. When I was like 19, I loved Jesus my whole life, but when I was 19, I was like, all right, I'm going to take a couple years to myself. I'm going to party hard. I'm going to do all the things. And after I turned 21 and like, I don't know what I was thinking, like go to the bars and dance on the tables or something. After that, God, I'll give you the rest of my life fully. Thankfully, he rescued me before then, and that didn't happen. But I think we have this idea that I'm going to do everything. I'm going to get myself cleaned up. And then once I get myself cleaned up, I'm going to come to you. Right? That is the exact opposite of the gospel. Exact opposite. He actually wants us to come as broken and as flawed as we are, just as we are, in all our messy stuff. And he, here's what's amazing to me. He says, I choose you on your messiest day where you've completely blown it, 
completely disregarded everything you know to be right or just or holy or whatever, that's the day that Jesus is like, I choose you. I choose you. He's not like, I'll wait till you have a good day. Oh, there, there's kind of a good day. I choose you today. He chooses us every day, but even on our worst day, he says, you're the one I choose. So God wanted it this way. He wanted us to be carriers of his presence on earth, not because we are great, but because he is great. Not because we are enough, but because he is more than enough, right? So every child of God is a living, breathing carrier of the fullness of Christ here on earth. He is fully in us, and he is fully among us. So that word fully means completely or entirely to the furthest extent. So Faith, Kim, Addy, all of us here today, me included. Jesus, the one we just read those scriptures about, that's higher than all things, the name above every name, the one that God has exalted and said, this is my son who I am well pleased, who is worthy of all the praise, who is perfect in every way. That Jesus, his presence gets to come and shine through our broken vessels. Wow. And please don't be like me in those times when you're like, I'm not worthy. I'm not going to do it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not good enough. Have we all done that? There's a person in need and we're like, I'm not good enough, right? Why are we not praying with people? Why are we not loving on people? Because we make it about us. It's not about us. It's about him. So Jesus is completely and entirely in us, completely and entirely among us. We cannot escape the fullness of Christ if we belong to him. If we are his, we cannot escape the fact that he is fully with us. He's just where his people are. I think sometimes as Christians, we're like, Lord, would you please come? Would you just please show up today? Would you please? And he's like, I'm here. I already told you I'm here. I'm with you. I am Emmanuel, God with you. God with you, right? We don't have to jump through hoops. We don't have to say certain things. We don't have to act certain ways. He is with us because he is Jesus, and that's his promise to us. So think about this. If Christ, so Christ is truly in me, and if he's in me, then he is fully present with me at all times. Right? Christ is truly in me, and he's with me. Fully. And that word fully means to the, to the uttermost extent, always, completely, entirely. He's entirely with me. So I'll tell you a silly story. I was in Walgreens when I was, I don't know, maybe early 20s. And the pastor at our church was encouraging us to, like, pray for people, talk to people, be basically this message, be the light, be Jesus out there in the world. And there's this woman, this is back when pantyhose were popular, okay? So there were some pantyhose that this lady was looking at, and she literally was like, ow, ow, oh, and she's, like, doing something with her leg, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, and I'm thinking, what's wrong with this woman? And she's, like, groaning and moaning, and she's, like, being loud about it. And so I hear the Holy Spirit say, she's hurting. How about you pray for her? I was like, oh, no. Nope. You guys, I didn't pray for her. I prayed for her later when I got in my car, and I was like, why didn't you pray for her? That would have been so easy. And since then, the Lord has used that situation in my life to pray for people. And I'm better at it. But I was the very carrier of Jesus in that moment. 
and I was so worried about myself. What if I didn't pray right? Or I don't want to, or that's weird. She's just freaking out in Walgreens. Like, somebody else can deal with her, right? All that to say, like, we are the very carriers of his presence. Is there somebody in your home who needs Jesus? Is there someone in your neighborhood? Is there someone at Walgreens that needs Jesus? If we're truly carrying his presence, it should be, like, spilling over. You know, like a cup, if it's half full and you knock it, it just kind of splashes on the inside. But if it's full, I make my tea and I foam the stuff, and it, like, and if I just, I have to, like, get down and, like, sip it because it's so full That's how we should be with Jesus, so full that the slightest little touch and Jesus is like spilling out of us, right? We're praying for people. We're loving on people. We're interceding for people, whatever that looks like for you. And I'm not telling you this is the way it looks. We all do it differently, and God uses our personalities. He uses how he created us. But we literally should be spilling out on other people with the love of God because he's fully in us. So, On a not-so-light note, I'm going to tell you a story of a traumatic event that I had. So I had a traumatic event. I'm not going to go into all the details. But the pain from that event in my life had caused me so much pain. And I had just, I don't know if you've ever had, you've obviously had pain if you've had trauma. We tend to push it down because it's too painful. And so we push it down, we push it down. We try not to think about it. um, And it's our only way, it's like a defense mechanism, right, so that we can move forward. And, and do life. And so um, the whole time I had remembered that event in my life, I had convinced myself that Jesus must not have been there. Because if Jesus would have been there, it wouldn't have happened, I guess. Right? In my mind, I was thinking, okay, if Jesus was there, he would have stopped it because he wouldn't want me to be hurt. And so, you know, you're just thinking of all these things and pondering. All, and so I just somehow in my mind just shut it down and thought he must not have been there. Well, then as you walk with Jesus, you realize that's not true because he's everywhere at all times. He's always with us. He doesn't leave us. And what kind of Jesus would he be if when we hit a hard time, he's like, I'm out of here. Too hard, too crazy. Good luck with that. I'll see you over here on the sunny side where the rainbows are, right? That's not true of him. And so I felt the Lord tugging at my heart that he wanted to bring some healing. Thankfully, I had some good girlfriends who loved Jesus And they were willing to sit with me so I could process the situation. And so as we were praying, one of the ladies asked, where was Jesus? And at that moment, I was confronted with the thought that I believed that he wasn't there. And so I'm like, why does she ask me that? He wasn't there. And honestly, I was a little frustrated with her question. Like, you're supposed to be praying healing over me. Why are you asking me? Where was Jesus? And so... To, I had to take myself to that spot. And the reason I'm telling you this is because Jesus revealed to me he was there. He didn't bail on me in one of the most difficult moments of my life. He didn't leave me to fend for myself. He was fully there, just like he was fully there all the other times that were maybe great, or maybe I was like, oh, I could totally see he was there, whatever. He was fully with me in that moment. And so when I asked myself where was Jesus, he showed me. He was right there. And as I processed through that whole event, he was there. He was there. He was there. And the tears began to roll, roll down my face because I didn't realize Jesus had not left me. He was fully present. Now, why the incidents didn't stop, why the things happened, I don't know. And 
right? There's a lot of things we don't understand in life, but what I do understand is that he was there. Jesus did not leave me hanging. He was there. So where was Jesus? Fully in me, fully around me. He was with me. And so if you have something like that in your life, that may be a fair question to ask. Where was Jesus? Where is he now? Maybe you're like, I'm in a situation right now. (laughs) And I hear what you're saying. I hear the scriptures. You're saying he's always there. I read it. You read it. We saw it, right? He's there. And sometimes we just have to align ourselves with the word and go, I may not understand it, but I trust you. And I trust your word that you would never leave me. And that's, we always quote that scripture, right? Because it's true. He will never leave us and he will what? Never forsake us. And he is faithful. So he was fully, completely, and entirely with me the whole time. The Holy Spirit through that continued to show me his faithfulness and how he was holding me. And he continued to heal me to the point where now I could talk, I could actually talk about that situation and I didn't have pain attached to it. But that's a process, right? But I'm sharing that because I think we all have painful things and traumatic things that we have to know. It's a lie from the pit of hell that the enemy would tell us that Jesus left us in our most desperate moment, that he left us. That's a lie. But we're trying to reconcile it in our brain. Well, he must not have been there. He was there. He's always with us. Matthew 4.17 says, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That word at hand means the kingdom of heaven has come. It has arrived. It is here. So where Jesus is, the kingdom of heaven is there as well. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So everything that God is trying to do with us is to make us like Jesus. Why? Because Jesus is his son who is well-pleased. Jesus is perfect in every way. Jesus loves like no other. He's faithful like no other. He is who he says he is. He is tried and true, you guys. And I'll tell you what I tell my kids and every teenager and kid that I've ever met, because it's a time of life where we struggle. Yeah, let's be honest, we struggle the whole time. But if they're going, well, God isn't real, and I don't know if he is real. What if he is? What if he is? Jesus is real, and he will prove himself to you. He will show himself to you if you open the door. And guess what? He's not afraid of our questions. If we're like, I'm so mad at you, God. He's not offended. He's not like, well, come talk to me, and we can be respectful. Right? He wants to hear your heart. He wants to know what you're thinking. He already knows. He already knows what you're going through. And so I'm just encouraging us to be vulnerable with God, to ask the hard questions, to ask, Jesus, where were you? Where are you right now, actually? How are you going to do this? What are you going to make out of this? And you guys, we've got to stand on Scripture. I think more than ever, culture is bombarding us with the things that we should believe, the things that we should think. And at the end of the day, we have to choose. Are we going to believe what the Bible says? Or are we going to be swayed? There's so much false stuff out there. And so much stuff that just, it looks good, but it's not scripture. It's not biblical. And it's our job as Christians to know what the scriptures say. Right? So that point number three, Jesus is fully with us. 
So I'd like to remind us of these three things. The fullness of God dwells in Jesus. The very fullness of God of all creation dwells within Jesus. Number two, Jesus fills everything in every way. And the third one, Jesus is fully with us. So I'd like to close by reading out Colossians 2. Debbie, if you want to come up whenever you're ready. Colossians 2, 6 through 7. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. I'm going to read the message translation because I love how this says it. You might, you might get a spank in here. You ready? My counsel for you is simple and straightforward. Just go ahead with what you've been given. You received Christ Jesus the master. Now live him. You're deeply rooted in him. You're well constructed upon him. You know your way around the faith. Now do what you've been taught. School's out. Quit studying the subject and start living it. And let your living spill over into thanksgiving. So the word of God should challenge us. There's times I read it and I'm like, ooh, I'm in trouble. (laughs) Or you just kind of feel like, ooh. And that's not a bad thing. The Bible talks about the ones that he disciplines, the ones that he corrects, the ones that he rebukes. He loves because he wants us to do right. He wants us to be in right standing with the Father, right? And so my challenge to us is to do what that says, to be deeply rooted in him, to allow the fullness of Christ that is already in us to come out of us. We shouldn't be waiting for our pastor or our uncle who knows Jesus or for the nonprofit down the street to show the love of Jesus. It really should be every single Christian. And like I said before, it looks different. The way John does it, he makes furniture and it's gorgeous. And that's one of the ways that he allows Jesus to spill out of him. He builds things that are beautiful for people. He loves on people and he does it with humility and passion and joy. It could be a word of encouragement. It could be a letter. It could be a prayer. It could be a hug. It could be fixing a meal. But there are needy people right here. There are needy people who need Jesus in our neighborhoods, in our grocery stores, in our Walgreens, in our connect groups, in the circles of our kids' friends that come to our house. It might look a little rough around the edges. As people need Jesus, we need Jesus. And as Americans, I think we're pretty comfortable, right? We're pretty darn comfortable. If our house gets up to 74, we're like, oh, it's too hot. Turn it to 72 and a half. Like the temperature of our homes, the things that we do, the things that we eat, we are very, very comfortable. But can we look past all those comforts and see that there are some broken people and that we are the light in these broken vessels. We are Jesus here on earth. Billy Graham said, being a Christian is more than just an instantaneous conversion. It is a daily process whereby you grow to be more and more like Jesus. And that's my prayer, to be more and more like Jesus. The other day I was spending time with the Lord and I had an agenda, which I tend to do when I come to the Lord. (laughs) Not right, don't do it. But I came to the Lord and I had some things I just needed to talk to him about and deal with and I kind of had my list. And then I thought, you know what, I'm just going to read some scripture. 
I'm just going to set that aside, and then I can chat about that later. I'm just going to read some scripture. And as it just began to read the word, and as it began weeping before him, tears began running down my face because he's so good. He's so good, and we often forget how good he is because life is hard, and life is messy, and we let that just, it's so in our face that that's all we see. And I just want to encourage us this morning that Jesus is the fullness of God, and he is ready and available, and we can access that fullness at any moment. So if you're feeling empty today, it's Jesus. If you're feeling full today, it's Jesus. If you're feeling confused today, it's Jesus. He is the one that God gave all authority over heaven and earth. So we're going to pray. If there's anybody here this morning that doesn't know Jesus, I would love to pray with you. It's a simple prayer of surrender, of asking him and inviting him in. So would you guys just join me in prayer? If you can, just lift your hands or lift your heart. Jesus, we love you. We are so thankful for you, the price that you paid. That when you died on the cross, you paid for every single sin. You experienced every, everything that we've experienced, abandonment and rejection and pain and sorrow and trauma. And God, I thank you that your son endured and that he rose above, that you raised him from the dead, that you seated him at your right side and that he rules and reigns in wisdom and love and grace and all authority. And God, would you help us to be carriers of the very fullness, the very presence of Jesus. That we would remember who you are and whose we are. That as we go about our days, Lord Jesus, that you would be glorified in all that we do. Would you challenge us by your word, challenge us by your truth. God, for anyone here this morning that is feeling unchosen or unwanted, Lord, I just pray that you would they would feel the delight of you, of their Father. That they would feel love and grace even now as they're listening and sitting. Lord, that they would feel the delight that you have for them. Lord, that you would remind them that you have purpose, that you have a plan, that you haven't forgotten about them. Lord, and I thank you for the intricacies and the ways that you made us all unique and different. And God, I thank you that in that is the beauty of Christ, that we all have a different reflection of who you are. And God, I pray that you would teach us how to be fully us, the way that you created us, in the image of God, in Jesus' name, amen. We love you, we believe in you, and I think more than anything, I just want you to be challenged by the word, get in your Bible. And that's not a, like, rebuke or make you feel bad. That's a, get in your Bible, it's awesome, right? Life is in his word. Life is, truth is in his word. And as we search the scriptures, you guys, you come alive. I'm guilty. We escape to Netflix or games on our phone or whatever it is that we do. Take a few minutes and get out your Bible. Before you know it, it's going to be 30 minutes or 40 minutes and you're going to feel like a million bucks 
because his presence is so rich and so good. Amen. Amen. I'll leave you with this blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace.